It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's up, lacrosse fans? We are back for another week here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for Lax Class, Lacrosse Classified 151. 151. Jake Elliott, Jamie Dowick with you. Uh, back again is the president, general manager, and owner of the Toronto Rock. And, and Jamie, let's not waste any time here. Welcome back to the podcast. It's uh, it's Monday once again. Monday Night Football set to kick off. Uh, we should probably discuss that here as the rain is coming down in buckets in, in British Columbia, which I'm okay with after, you know, having 90 straight days of sunshine during the summer. I think we're due for a little rain here. Plus, I'm still pretty immobile, so I'm not out and about uh, outside trying to play disc golf or anything. So I'm okay with the rain. Uh, well, how are you doing, man? How did uh, how did your Sunday turn out? Denver 3-0. and I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around that uh, fantasy, all of it. What's going on? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm good. Thanks, buddy. Um, uh, yeah, my usual weekend, a couple rounds of golf, actually, still, and uh, and some football, and yeah, Broncos three and zero. Teddy Bridgewater. Fo- yeah, like he's they've been listen, the missing ingredient guy. there in Denver the whole time. Uh, yeah, Teddy. Teddy, Teddy's been great. Um, you know, we we have played the Giants. The the Jaguars and the Jets. Easy so, schedule, yeah. You know, I didn't want to say well, it, but it's true. Well, listen, I mean, I, I like our team. Teddy's been a lot better than I thought he would be. Uh, you know, over the next couple of weeks, he's going to have to score some points, maybe while they're trailing. They got, you know, I think Baltimore, and then they got Cleveland. Uh, they got a couple good teams coming up here. So, well, in the division um, too, Jamie, like Kansas City just got beat by the Chargers. The Raiders are three and zero as well. Yeah. Like that AFC yeah. West, man. Uh, people are talking NFC West being the best. I'm not so sure anymore after watching my watching my Seahawks go down to the Vikings over the weekend as they just collapsed in the in the second half and they got some issues on defense there in in Seattle. But uh, enough about uh, the Sunday football. What about the fantasy football? How did fantasy's Going real well, too. Like, I need to dodge a few things tonight, but uh, I've got one win in the bag. I've got one kind of on ice, ready to go, and then I got one I got to hang on. So, uh, I hope you you got uh, Jake Elliott and and the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. I've had him before, but not this year. I'm I'm not on Jake this year. Sorry, buddy. (laughs) I just, like, anytime that the Eagles play the Cowboys. I get excited because I'm not – I'm like furthest thing from a Cowboy fan as you're going to find. And uh, I love I love sticking it to him when I when I get the chance, if I like get a game hey, or a kick or something. I always think of you when I see him. So, you know, there's a there was a kicker a few years ago, and Nick Rose. Was it Nick Rose? Yeah, he was on this. I, I kind of vaguely do the, remember that. Yeah, I vaguely it do was, remember He didn't make it, but he was at camp and stuff and – I remember, I think he drafted him in a fantasy league or something silly like that. So, uh, no, fantasy was good. Good weekend, uh, you know, into the week. I'm dealing while well, my son had, my, my oldest had surgery today on his knee. So, right. uh, you know, a busy day kind of with that. And, and uh, you know. Just, I know how that uh, goes, man. I know how that yep, goes. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> hey, we're, uh, I think about almost about a we're about a month from opening camp. Well, so. I was about to say, training camp uh, is is right on the horizon there. And, uh, yeah, man, we're heading into the week here. I actually made myself a, a physio appointment, which I'm, I'm looking forward to going to to kind of get the ball started. I got uh, 28 out of 33 staples removed out of my leg, Jamie. And, actually, today I get the remaining five plucked out of there. I thought that was going to be a whole worse experience than it really was uh just kind of like getting stitches taken out just a little you know. yeah good good yeah good so you're, you're on the mat i am you know like i, I <laughs> i'm feeling better every day like i can feel significant improvement to the point where it's like okay yeah that feels better than it did yesterday sort of thing each and every day which is great you know i'm doing more things and and 
being able to kind of get around a little bit better. But the one thing, like I feel like, like I have not slept in two weeks, essentially. And I've been having these like crazy, crazy night sweats, like to the point where I wake up and I need to like change my bedding in the middle of the night because it's just too wet to go back to sleep. Like it's disgusting, man. And it's Is been because of the medication well, you're taking. Well, or? like that's it, right? So you know, I, I got off the pain pills probably like four four days ago. The aspirin I stopped taking a couple of days ago. So I like I called the the, the nurse or the surgeon's receptionist. I was like, man, like this, you know, it's been two weeks and this has been like a nightly occurrence. And she's like, well, you're off the medication. I'm like, yeah, I'm off. Like I haven't even been taking any pain pills or anything anymore. No Tylenol, nothing. And still having these things, and she's like, "Well, that's." She was like, "Bring that up with your doctor because that's not really normal." So, uh, I don't like. There is side effects from the anesthesia, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and stuff like that. But uh, that that should have worn off long ago as well. So, other than not sleeping through the night and and having to change my bedding every second day because I. <laughs> Just so okay. like I'm chucking everything out of my like pillows. Every it's going in the garbage when when I pass this because it's been that bad. So I, I wow. a part of me is like, well, that's okay because I haven't been able to work out for two weeks and that's making me a little bit squirrely as well. But I kind of feel like <laughs> these nights I've been doing the job for me, if you know what I'm saying, because I'm just like leaking. Yep. So, anyways, <laughs> that's been my life for the last week or so. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll keep you posted on on all that. You mentioned. Uh, your boy getting getting surgery on his knee, and and the kind of shitty part about that is like he was going into his fourth year at Denver and and was looking at getting some playing time finally, and and he's gonna miss out on that experience. And and we were kind of talking before we started how like it, so many guys have taken different paths where they're they they go to school and then decide maybe school isn't for them, or they go somewhere for a year and think okay this is not the place I want to be and transfer and. And then, you know, like yours, red-shirted for a year. Some guys just decide not to go to school and, and want to go pro right away. And it just got me thinking, like, I don't know what the, the best or the right path for these guys to take is. I guess it kind of varies and it depends on, on the kid's situation. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, you never really know what you're getting into until you're really into it. And, you know, a lot of kids do – you don't do a lot of different things along the way. It's really about what, what works best for you. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, for me, you know, I've always said to my kids, like, you know, it's awesome for you to be able to, you know, go to school and have a chance to play lacrosse. But at the end of the day, you know, you're at school to get an education and, you know, lacrosse doesn't pay the bills and this and that. So, you know, I, I, I think they're lucky and, you know, you gotta, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole other world that we're, we live in a different world than that whole field lacrosse college world. Um, you know, I got another one about just starting to go through it at Lehigh and Jakey and, and then Luke Easttown and McGill. So, you know, going another way and playing some lacrosse. So, um, you know, it, to me, first and foremost, the one thing all those kids got to remember is, you know, you, you need to go there and you need to get a degree that you can do something with because, you know, while the lacrosse is a great thing along the way. Don't waste your time. Uh, like, don't waste you're, your time. You're right. You're like, you know, it's not like the NFL when you're done that. You, four years of college, you're signing a multi-million dollar deal and playing NFL football for the rest of your life. So, you know, stuff like that. So, uh yeah, I mean it's it's uh, the the that's about it for well not about it that's about it but you know to sum that up a little bit yeah I mean it's just not something that was super prevalent when I was coming out of high school like the opportunities just especially being on the on the west coast just weren't there to really explore but looking back at it like knowing that if I really wanted to pursue it, I probably could have made it happen. And I just didn't really put my mind to it. Like at the grades and all of it, like I was like, you know, like it just, but now like kids can see it there right in front of them, that that Avenue and that opportunity is there for them. If they, if they want to put their mind to it. And really at the end of the day, that's, it's on them to make it happen. If you want it bad enough, 
it it'll happen for you. So I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just uh, got got me thinking there a little bit. Uh, something else that just kind of popped into my head before we get we haven't even said what's going on here uh, this week, Jamie. I should probably do that before we go All any right, further. Let's hear it. Uh, lacrosse. Well, I know because yeah. I didn't get any show notes, but keep going. <laughs> well, after you said that you didn't even read the first ones I sent you, uh, that's it. Like you're you're off the you're off the show notes uh, mailing list right now. So lacrosse the nation coming up in quarter two. We got the godfather of Mimico, Ontario. Brian Shanny Shanahan back on the podcast uh, as you apropoly selected this week. So I like the pick. And as I was thinking, I, I think I want to go into the Prairies or the Rockies next week and, and give Alberta a little love because we haven't really done that, Jamie. So I'm thinking after the year that those uh, Edmonton boys had with, with Johnny Lentz and company, I want to I want to talk to John Lentz, lacrosse the nation in Alberta. So I'm going to try and line that up for next week. But this week, we got uh, Brian Shanahan, Mimico Lacrosse, Lacrosse the Nation, Quick Sticks, Quarter 3. It's your selection, Stampede Stallion. You refuse to tell me who it is. You're going to make me guess with some, some hopefully, some good clues. I'm going to put the over-under at two clues, and I can guess who it is if you give me decent clues. How about that? I, I know what those two clues are, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, I wanted to prove to you that I did my homework this week, okay. did a little research, and... Uh, I think I got a great one, and and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So that's coming up in quarter four. We got the big focus coming up here in, in quarter number one again, and I didn't really know what direction to go to with the big focus again. As we record here on a Monday, we're – and I know you can't come out and tell me this, and, and even if I ask you a hundred times, you still won't do it, but – I know the NLL schedule is like literally days away. It's coming, folks. It's going to come this week. And sometimes the bit of the downfall of recording on Mondays is the league tends to drop news on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So we miss it and we have to talk about it the following week. But once games get going, once again, we're going to be talking about all the matchups that just happened and, and we're coming to you Tuesdays right after the weekend. So, you know, you win some, you lose some in that regard. So anyways, I know the schedule is is just hours essentially from from coming out here, which everybody is is really excited about. But we can't talk about that in the big focus. So I want to talk about well, I wanted to ask you this first as I get off track once again. Um, because it just kind of came into my mind again is you know, teams are starting to ramp up their season tickets and, and lay out their packages and all the rest of it for the upcoming year. And we always talk about lacrosse fans. And, and the lacrosse fans are going to come to the games because they're lacrosse fans. And a lot of teams want to engage the sports fan or the entertainment fan. But the question is, Jamie, no worries, is how do you do that? What do you think the best way to attract a non-lacrosse fan is? Well, it's tough, and, uh, you know, it's all about – to me, I kind of look at us as, you know, obviously sport and competition and this and that, but I kind of look at us as entertainment. And, uh, you know, you're competing with, you know, families going out to the show, dinner and a show or things like this. So it's got to be more about the game. I, I believe you just got to get people there because – I believe our game sells itself and I've, I've never really, I've, you know, that's always been my philosophy that I just got to get them there once and, and they'll, they'll fall in love with the game because it's just, it's that entertaining and it's that good. And, and I think, you know, the teams around our league put on a good entertaining show along the way. And, you know, some teams do it better than others. And, you know, we strive to be one of those top teams and, and take things from, those teams that we believe are the top teams doing their things, like the Buffaloes and the Colorados and the Calgary, you know, like. So what is it? Is really... it telephone? Is it television advertising? Is it give, giving See, tickets that's away? Different. That's is different it... in every market when you think about it, because think about this, like, for example, um, and it's changed a little bit for me now, but like, you know, television advertising in Saskatoon versus televised advertising in Toronto, like, you know, or even radio. Like, I don't know how many radio stations there are in Saskatoon. You know, in Toronto, there's hundreds. Yeah. You know, so it's just how do you get out to that audience and this and that. So, you know, being in Hamilton, we'll have a lot more chance to be a lot more visible just based on sheer economics of, of location and things like that. Um, you know, we just want, you know, we're trying to offer people in 
affordable sports entertainment that, you know, we believe that you'll come out and you'll enjoy your time and, and you'll come back again to see it happen again. So, you know, there's no, there's no, if there was just a simple answer Magic to that, answer, you know, yeah. I'd love to know it so I could have my building full and, and I love bringing new people out. I think, like I said, I've never heard once call me back and say, you know what, Jamie, that really wasn't, oh, my money back that wasn't yeah. for me, <laughs> you know? So, uh, you know, we, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big work and, Hey, listen, I'll give you a little something on the schedule. I don't think I get in any trouble for saying this, okay. but, um, and if you do, then, <laughs> what yeah, are they going to well, do, Jamie? I mean, Kick it, you out? It wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first time, I guess. <laughs> but all I'll say is I've seen what I believe to be my final schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a few things that need to happen still to, you know, announce that probably hopefully in the next com- couple days. Um, there's a few things that need to be signed off on it, but, but that's how close, that's how close we are to, uh, that's how close we are to, uh, announcing that. Yeah, I'm happy with it. I mean, based, uh, like I've, I've said kind of all along that, you know, we're now becoming a Saturday night team, whereas the past we've been all over the place and whatever. So, you know, our, 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 our deal with first Ontario center, uh, and our partnership with them has has led to you know what i believe is to be you know the, one of the most balanced um ske- great looking schedules we've had since i've owned the team and and that speaks to our new partnership there and, and i'll ask uh, you one more then jamie uh if, if you've seen your schedule are the rock coming to vancouver this year well <laughs> Can you answer me? I, Look, I don't want to get you in trouble, but I'm going to ask questions until you say you can I'm not answer. gonna. I am not going to answer that okay. right now. Okay, okay. You can't blame me for trying. Um, hey, yeah. What? <laughs> hey, try, try well, away. Okay, I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not, I can't tell you. Okay. I'm, listen, it's got, uh, listen. I'll, I'll put it this way. I, I put it this could way. Change either way. Yeah. Um. I. That's why I don't want to say anything. As far as like, well, yes, I've seen my final schedule, you know, as far as I know, but I also know it could change. So yeah. I just don't want to say anything about it. Hopefully we're a day or two away from that being announced. I know they're working extremely hard at it. Well, we've waited it's- this long. Listen, I, I was going to say I was actually scheduled to talk to, to Brian Lemon today. He like he didn't get back to me. So I can only assume that there's some, you know, final tweaking and, and things going on. And listen, it is one of the hardest jobs you can imagine trying to lay this schedule out for, for 14 teams. And, and Brian, well, and his crew, dude, I don't think people understand that. Like I really lay, don't give it to, I mean, we, well, we talked about it thing, a little okay? bit. So think about this. Let's just go like this. NFL, NBA, NHL, you know, Major League Baseball, okay? The four big leagues, throw Major League Soccer in there if you want to. The league gives you your schedule. You all own your arenas. So, whereas in our league, we have to wait for all those potential crossovers or whatever, if not crossovers, other things. And we, we're given dates, so we're working backwards. So, the league has to take the dates that we give them and then work backwards by making a schedule where in a perfect world, we'd all own our own arenas. The league could give us our schedule and our schedule is what it is. And we block our dates. Like if I played out of the track, the league could give me my schedule and I just block my dates, but that's not how we do it. So it is the most challenging thing for, for Brian because it's dictated by the dates. And then we're all giving in certain amount of dates and then you've got to match them together and, and this and that. So it is a very, very, very complicated process. And we're at the mercy of other leagues and can't even begin the process until the NHL and the NBA are both done 100%. Yeah. So, so I know I know uh, that is extremely difficult. So Brian will get back to me when, when Brian gets back to me. I'd rather have the schedule come out before anything else anyway. So... Uh, Jamie, let's, uh, let's do it here. Let's get to the big focus.
big focus big focus focus another than a big focus focus big focus big focus 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 big focus um big focus this week and i don't think we need to spend a lot of time on it but it just the first one came out and i think it was rochester announcing that fans that want to go watch rochester nighthawks lacrosse are going to have to show proof of vaccination and then i think calgary was out next and then vancouver and and i think toronto's done it as well and i and i want to to kind of get the unions side of things on where they stood on on players getting vaccinated and and the message i got back is that they are not making it mandatory for their players to get vaccinated no professional league has done that um which you know you can totally understand and and totally respect they do believe that the number of players in our league is a very very high percentage of being double vaccinated which is great news um, but it's more or less come down to the fact that if you want to be on a domestic, certainly an international flight, you're going to need to be vaccinated. Private owners of, of buildings are going to have their rules on entering the building on being vaccinated, as we've seen the announcements come out. So, you know, to get back to it, essentially, if if you can't get over one, like if you get over one hurdle, you're, you're going to have to get over a couple of more in order to be playing lacrosse in the National Lacrosse League. And if you're not – the bottom real, the bottom line here, Jamie, really is if you're not double vaccinated, you're probably not putting on a uniform this year, and you're probably not getting through the door to go watch the game either or work for a team or a broadcast or a parking lot, like whatever. If you're not, you're, you're, not, get, you're not anywhere near it. It's really that simple. I mean um... – you know, uh, yeah, no leagues have mandated this and that. Our league's different. You know, the NFL doesn't cross borders and, and they travel privately and this and that. But the reality is it doesn't need to be mandated to the players. If, if, if And it's not just the players. It's, it's coaches. It's staff. It's league people. It's anyone in the building. Like, if you're not double vaccinated, you, you just can't – you just can't take part. It's really – quite that simple and uh you know i know that you know it's something that we're aware of and um you know um i'm i'm I'm, you know real close to making an announcement that i'm you know real proud of but um okay you know like it's just uh it it is what it is i mean uh, there's there's no mandate there's no nothing but you know for example if you want to play for the toronto rock you can't even come in my building if you're not double vaccinated. So um, that you know, if you're not double vaccinated, you can't you can't come to camp. And if you can't come to camp, you're you know you can't you team. can't make my team. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, just want just, you know I don't want to spend it a whole. It is what it is, yeah. man. I mean, just to, you it know, is. in our situation because we travel crossing the borders and commercially and a lot, it's just. It is what it is. Yeah, like if you if you think, okay, well, I'm just like I don't need to cross the border. I'll just play ten out of sixteen games or whatever. Like if you don't get in one way, you're not getting in another way too. Like well, you this. can't get it. You can't get in. And listen, you can't get. I don't know. I know in Ontario, basically now, like you can't basically get in. You know, other than you know grocery stores and this and that, you can't get in anywhere if you're not double vaccinated. I just uh, like, I don't want to spend a ton of time. Uh, yeah, we are, and and I just want to make sure people know that when when they're making their decisions, like just realize that's what's in front of you. If you want to go watch National Lacrosse League action or or be a player or work for a team, that's the way it is. That's the big focus. That's quarter number one. We're heading to the second, Jamie, going across the nation, not too far from your neck of the woods, Mimico, Ontario. Brian Shanahan next on Lacrosse Classified. Back after this. Hey, this is Mitch Jones of the Vancouver Warriors. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, throwing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class, second quarter time here on EP 151, as uh, we're about to go lacrosse the nation. 
Lacrosse. Lacrosse. As you just heard, the jet sound uh, touching down. They're going across the nation to Mimico, Ontario, and, and back on the podcast once again. I don't know how many times it's been now, Shani, but uh, welcome back uh, to, to Lacrosse Classified. How are things going in Mimico? Oh, oh, very good. And uh, yeah, I always love being on the show, Jake, and uh, and especially excited about this one with your new co-host. Uh, right. What's that fellow's name? Uh, well, it's one <laughs> Jamie Dowick on the program with us here, and uh, of course, you guys have a, a pretty special relationship as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I met Jamie. I guess Jamie, that was. 2010, you took over the rock. Yep, yep, and, exactly. And uh, from the very first conversation, I felt the rapport with Jamie. As everybody that knows Jamie knows, he's an easy guy to talk to, and and I, I felt that right away. So it's been uh, great working with Jamie and the Rock from day one, and it still is. No doubt about it. Yeah. Sorry, Jay, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, absolutely. I mean, Shane was one of the first guys I met, and and you know we've been working together ever since. So. Uh, you know, it's it's been a great relationship, and I look forward to you know the future. As well, well, yeah, so, not a bad guy to have uh, the icon Brian Shanahan uh, in your broadcast booth when you take over a franchise. No question about it. Uh, but we're here to talk this week, Shanny, about uh, of course uh, something that's near and dear to your heart, and that's Mimico Lacrosse. But take me back to to the very beginning. Did, were you born and raised in in that area, or did your parents come from somewhere else and you guys ended up migrating there? Um, I was born and raised there. My parents came from, my parents were off the boat from Ireland. So my parents came to Canada in the fifties and knew nothing about Canadian sports. And, um, but you know, growing up in Mimico, you didn't have to walk very far to see, you know, before seeing somebody bouncing a ball off the wall with a lacrosse stick. So what year so, was uh, that? What year was that, Brian? Like how I, far are we going I back was, So I was born in 61 and probably around, I wasn't 12 till I started playing. And that was just because, you know, with my parents and, you know, we really didn't know about sports and joining all the leagues and all that. But uh, I think my older brother started the year before me. And then when I was 12 years old, I was in grade six. I remember, you know, one of my classmates just said, like, you know, I was asking about his lacrosse stick that he brought to school. And back then we all had, everybody had the wooden traditional stick. And he said, he goes, you got to come out and, and try it. He goes, you'd love it. I, I loved running back then surprisingly. And, and he said, you'd love the game. And from the first time I went out, I, I fell in love with, with the sport. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I didn't know anything about the history of lacrosse and Mimico because, you know, I, I soon found out as, uh, you know, I learned more about it that, you know, it had, I, I believe it was like 1890 or something oh. that Mimico lacrosse started. Yeah. I was going to ask. And, and then I'd hear stories from the old timers about, you know, when I started the Mimico rink, the Drummond Street Bowl was an outdoor rink. And, um, but I'd hear stories about, you know, crowds like, like down the street to get in for junior A games. And, you know, I also heard about the history of, you know, they won Minto Cups and Man Cups. And I, and I was, I was just jealous. I actually felt like I was born at the wrong time. I thought like, why couldn't I have been born the heyday. in the heyday of lacrosse? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and but I will say, I've been pleased, so pleased to see that the rebound Mimico has made in the last you know ten twenty years. Uh, you know, you know there was there was a time when I was, was there that it was hanging by a thread. Yeah. It was, and you know, it probably all started when they they put the roof on the rink because they closed it down for a year, and I don't think everybody came back uh, after that year, like we, I mean, they continued, but it was up on a rink out of the neighborhood. It wasn't, to, you know, in Mimico and a lot of people quit. And this and is the outdoor box back. you're talking about. Yeah. So the outdoor box, it's the same rink that it's the indoor Mimico drum street bowl now, but same location. It's just, you know, the, the year that they had to close it for construction, it really hurt the sport, uh, in Mimico. Like, like I said, a lot of people left and didn't come back. And it was, you know, it was probably bad years of lacrosse in Ontario back then anyhow. But, uh, you know, they have rebounded. I, I mean, honestly, the Toronto Rock had a lot to do with lacrosse rebounding in Ontario. When, when the Toronto Rock came, uh, you know, to the NLL in, in 90, 99, uh, you know, the numbers, and I'm sure it was probably all across Canada, but like especially in Ontario, the, the numbers registration just went through the roof. 
and and Mimico, along with many organizations, benefited. But I'm also happy to see that you know we got Junior A back, and you know, and we've we've been a very competitive Junior A team, and and uh, you know we've won many A championships in the minors, and it's it's just it's fun to see. I know I know we're not the only ones. I know Jamie and Oakville's got to be proud with what's happened in minor lacrosse. Oh in Oakville yeah, listen, and, Shenny, and a lot of places. We we did Oakville Mimico. a couple of weeks ago. You don't need to blow any smoke there. We did, <laughs> we did lots. Of yeah, points. no, but one thing I'll jump in here. One thing I will say, you know, once again, since I've been involved in lacrosse, I mean, Mimico's probably won as much. Um, as anyone, uh, kind of like, yes, other centers have strong years and Whitby was, uh, was a real powerhouse there for a while. And, but Mimico, since I've been around, I mean, perennial, right? They're there. They're, yeah, they are. They're very competitive and and they get the results done and, and, uh, very, a very strong minor organization. And a very strong, uh, tightly knit family they are. No doubt. Yeah, you know, I, I'm glad you said that too, Jamie, because one of the things I really like about Mimico is there is a real strong community feel to Mimico, and you don't see that in hockey anymore, at least in Ontario. You know, with the, you know the GTHL, it, it's it's you know kids are jumping from team whatever's the best team or whatever, and there, there's no feeling of you're playing for your community, and that's one of the things I do love about Mimico is is most of those kids, uh, you know, a high percentage, even on the juniors, are from Mimico. And even the kids that join Mimico from outside, they very quickly feel that welcoming community because the community does support it, and it's all about winning for Mimico. It's not just another team. There, there really is uh, that community feel to the sport in Mimico that, that, that I think is so important in sports in general. I, I hate when that's lost, and I think it's lost in hockey and in the big city. Anyhow, I, I I can't speak for you know outside of the GTA, you know Toronto, but but I love that about Mimico. Speaking with Brian Shanahan, lacrosse the nation, Mimico lacrosse. Um, something else that's been kind of lost is is I think rivalries, Shanny, and there seems to be what Brampton's got to be Mimico's biggest rival, or is it Orangeville? You tell me. Uh, I think Brampton is probably, you know, there's probably been a rivalry there for a long time, but I, th- I think a lot of it was uh, really built up a few years back. The, the year that Brampton hosted the Minto, and it was one of those few years that, for whatever reason, they weren't guaranteed a spot right. in the Minto. And, and, and most of the time, the host team is guaranteed a spot, and they weren't. And, and I think everybody thought, you know they were going to Six Nations was the dominant team in the league that year. So so and you know and they won the Minto. But uh, I think everybody thought Brampton would be the next team, and, and Mimico beat them in a like a, <laughs> a phenomenal tough. series. That was tough. Yeah, and, and it, so then it was tough for to see for for Brampton obviously to be hosting the Minto and not in it, yeah. and then watching Mimico almost rub it in their faces. But, you know, Oakville is a bit of a rival. I'll tell you a funny story. One of the first times uh, early on when Jamie and I had first met and I started working for The Rock, I guess he he didn't know that I was a Mimical boy until he saw me at one point wearing a Mimical jacket. He goes, are you with Mimical? And and I don't know if you remember this, Jamie. That was when your kids were younger, and I guess – they, your, your, uh, it was probably Josh's team was having a running feud with the Mimico team. <laughs> oh yeah, I, you went on. I do remember me. it. I do remember oh. it. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, it, yeah, know. it was funny. Oh no, it was just you went on to tell me what that you know your guys played our guys and this kid and that. I won't mention any names, but they're all well-known lacrosse players yeah, who, who you're probably good friends with now. The family, absolutely but, great, great. You know, so let me go one further. And I agree with you, like Oakville and Mimico. And I just think because they were, you know, and it started with Josh's age group and maybe it was a little bit older too, but we really had a great competitive rivalry. And and those kids all, uh, those kids all turned out to be like, you know, they're great friends to this day. They've all played Team O together and Edge together and this and that. But oh, yeah. I remember that. I'll never forget that. You know, like, uh, you know, just an incident that happened at one of the games as little kids. And I was just like, wow. But, you know, I always said, you know, like I said, I think I think it was just a great competitive rivalry. 
um, between them and, and uh, you know, always more than anyone for me, I feel like Mimico, and I think, I think this would be pretty unanimous around the OLA. Mimico seems to be the team that everyone cheers against. And, and I think, it's, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's for multiple reasons. I think it's because one, they're always so good. And number two, they have such a tight knit, like I said earlier, family and stuff like this. And I think people are jealous of that. Some people like, you know, cause other organizations are not like that. And then the last thing, which I want you to talk about, which I think is one of the coolest things about Mimico is like tent city and how oh, yeah. it doesn't matter if you're on the 08 Mimico team or the 03 Mimico team. The one thing Mimico does is they do it as a group and they do it in huge numbers and they're loud and proud. And I think that goes to a little bit of my first point that, you know, ties in with, you also want to beat, beat the team. that okay, tell a lot. Tent and city. What, what's so, this tent city about? I had, this is the first hey, time I've heard about tent city. Yeah. So, so Jake, whenever there's a big tournament, uh, whether it's the provincials or just a tournament with lots of Mimico teams, Mimico would always, and they probably weren't the only team to organization to do it, but they did it best. They would set up a tent on the ground. So if there's the provincials are in Whitby and Mimico, somebody would get out there, stake out a piece of ground <laughs> okay, out in the back, okay, okay. behind the rink, yeah. throw up a tent. Their barbecues would be there. The food would be there, but it wasn't, it wouldn't just be the peewee team. And they're not, it would be like, all the teams would meet there in between games, uh, the parents, the friends. And, and you know what I was always impressed with? Even graduating junior players yeah. would come, come out to watch these tournaments. And that meant so much to the kids. Like There was one year when, when Oakville hosted the, the final six, and three Mimico, I think three Mimico teams made it to the finals. And the junior A's, like there was nine, ten junior A's would go to every game, stand on the glass and pound. And that meant so much to like the peewees and the little kids to look up at their heroes playing junior A. But I'll tell you something funny though, guys, when uh, uh, it was, uh, I think it was the the field and they do it in field and box and it was the the field midget championships and they're playing Whitby and, and the fans are kind of chirping back and forth during the game. And somebody from Whitby says, Oh, shut up, Mimico, go have another barbecue. <laughs> and I think it became like the slogan for Mimico. They thought it was the best chirp to so have another yeah, barbecue. Nothing wrong with that. I think <laughs> exactly. I will. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. That's... But, uh, yeah, they, they, they were famous, uh, you know, for everybody getting together. And, and yeah, and, and there's alumni. People just come out that played for Mimico, you know, some of them haven't played for ages, but I, I think it, that, that there is that sense of family, the tent city with, you know, everybody comes out and, and, uh, you know, and they generally don't get in much trouble. Like it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, I hear you. you know, there carve out a little piece of turf. Oh, I, I don't know. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> like, uh, there, there, there's yeah. always a situation or whatever, but listen, just very passionate, loyal fan base and you know you guys like you started it and you know guys like you know and hutchie's yeah. dead like i Hermier and hutchie and i think of them behind the barbecue cooking for everyone like they did it for me at timo's and it's just a, you guys you know you do you do set the bar for for organizations and 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 uh well we love to beat you we have the utmost respect for what you guys are doing there, at least me personally. And, uh, you know, it's great for the game. Yeah, and, and no, Shani, you dropped uh, – Jim, you dropped out a little bit, and I know you mentioned Colleen Grimes' name there just as as it did. So I wanted to make mention of, of her, Shani, because I don't know if this lady gets uh, enough credit for, for what she does for, you know, not only uh, – well, I mean, really the whole organization as a whole there in Mimico for, for lacrosse and what Colleen does. Oh yeah, you know what she, you know, and and I don't know if you've ever met Colleen personally, Jake, but she's actually a quiet lady, <laughs> yeah. a quiet young yeah. girl, pretty reserved. Uh, yeah. But online, I mean, she has just got the best sense of humor, and she's just so proud of Mimico and the stuff that she creates is fantastic, and and she's willing to share that with you know anyone in the lacrosse community, and I think you know uh, the OLA of 
take a notice. I know she does work for the OLA now, but, but yeah, like when guys like you and, and, you know, out West know who Colleen Grimes is, that's obviously shows that she's doing a good thing. Uh, you know, putting lacrosse, obviously Mimico is number one for her, but, uh, but it's also putting lacrosse in the forefront. Oh yeah. What, what she did with hey, the, listen, the junior A's this year is incredible. Yeah. For me, sorry, I don't mean, sorry to cut that's you okay. off. That's okay. I was, no. was going to say, I'll go one further. For me, Colleen, I mean, you know, as far as females in the, involved in the lacrosse world, um, you know, it, what she does is impressive for anyone, but like she, she she's, she's, it, man. Crushes a powerful it. lacrosse, uh, you know, in so many different ways. And she works really hard at it. And, you know, she's done a great job. Absolutely, oh, yeah. uh, absolutely, great content she creates. Uh, no question about it. And uh, she knows what she's she knows what she's talking about, right? Like, yeah. oh, for sure. It's half the battle, half the battle, Jamie. Uh, one more here for you, Shannon. Before we let you go across the nation, Mimico Mountaineers double blue. Tell me where the color scheme and and the name came from. I'm not sure about the colors, but. I heard whether this is an old wives' tale or, or a story that's been exaggerated. Uh, Those are the best the ones. The story in the Mountaineers is what I heard. Yeah, they're the best stories. Is is like in the early days they were playing uh, in some town, and the local sports writer had no idea where Mimico was from, and he just said something about the Mountaineers from Mimico, and he just assumed Mimico came from someplace with the mountains and the name just stuck. And I don't know if that's true. I've never verified it, but I like the story and, and, uh, and, and it, it rings well. Now I'm not even positive. You know, I've also heard that the Calgary Mountaineers, I mean, I mean, I know out in Calgary, they have real mountains, but I was told the guy who started the Calgary Mountaineers was a mimical guy. And, and, and that could be another story that's not true, but I like that one too. No doubt about it, man. Hey, Shani, sorry about that. A little, glitch in the system there but i uh, appreciate you coming on and talking a little mimico lacrosse here with myself and jamie and listen we're uh, a couple of months away from from hopefully crossing paths in in a in a booth uh near you sometime oh i'm, I'm really looking forward to it again but it's always great talking to you guys and uh, and i love listening to the show thanks thanks very much guys appreciate it there you go there was brian shanahan shanny as he's known and uh he has been around the broadcast booth of the national cross league for a long long time and former player man cup champion all the rest of it always a good chat with one brian shanahan and of course that conversation brought to you by stampede tack in western wear where along with the classic Storm Rider jacket, Stampy Tack and Western Wear in Cloverdale offers one of Canada's largest selection of boots. If you've never been by the store, we truly hope to see you one day. Check out the famous boot supply wall firsthand. Everything from traditional Western boots, CSA work boots. They're, of course, they're featured there in store as well. Blundstones, they got them all. Head out there to Cloverdale, corner of Highway 10 and 180th, or you can shop online where it's still shopping local. Stampede.ca, Stampede Tack and Western Wear since 1966. Big thanks to Shani. We're heading for break, quarter number three. Half done. This is next, and then we're into the third quarter for quick sticks here on Lax Glass, which is back here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network right after this. Hey, this is Shane Jackson of the Georgia Swarm. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, throwing the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back. Second half action is a go here in episode 151, and quick sticks are up on deck here. And I'll have some new information coming out from the National Lacrosse League, our brand new sponsor here on Lax Class. Uh, I would say as soon as next week, as we mentioned. Couldn't quite squeeze it in this week, but next week we'll have some new stuff for you. But in the meantime, you can head and pick up some NLL gear at fanatics.ca. Local pricing and shipping options. All 14 teams are active, including Albany, which we're going to talk about here momentarily. Panther City, Roughnecks, the new Roughnecks merchandise. All that and more. Jerseys, hats, t-shirts, you got it. Merchandise, nllshop.com or Fanatics. 
Ca is uh, Jamie. It's, we made it to halftime without me breaking a sweat. It's full. It's full go now. I'm actually standing instead of sitting, just so you know where we're at right now. As uh, if I begin to run out of breath, you know, you know why. It's just uh, the way the way things are right now. Okay, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. We're we're happening. Quick sticks. Uh, oh, I wanted to mention this right off the top. Um, Dan Richardson, GM of the Vancouver Warriors, uh, listening to the podcast, a dedicated listener of the podcast, uh, correcting, well, just getting some correct information to me. Uh, we, we talked to Craig Wingrove, Adnac Lacrosse, uh, last week, if you'll recall. So I just want to read this verbatim here. The Bellies have had their name since 1889. The New Westminster Adnacs, remember we were talking about this, Jamie, were formed as there were so many good players in New Westminster, they had to form a second team, the Adnacks. There was always a Salmon Bellies team. The Adnacks eventually moved to Coquitlam, where, so the Adnacks eventually moved to Coquitlam. And then they talked about the Man Cup banners, and they didn't put the Adnacks purple banner back up as that franchise had now moved. So 1935 to 1950, there was the New Westminster Adnacks and Salmon Bellies. And then for a couple years, there was the New Westminster Salmonacks, combining the two. If you stay with me here. Then the New Westminster Commodores, then the, just the Salmon Bellies and the Adnacks dormant for a few years before emerging again in Coquitlam in 1965. So thanks. I mean, it almost, I almost feel like we talked to the wrong person when we were talking Adnax because he knew a lot about the Adnac and salmon belly history, which was super cool. Uh, women's box in BC. Check my Facebook on this ladies. Uh, for you female listeners out there, if you're looking to play some box lacrosse in BC, a league could be starting up for 18 years of age and older. And, uh, Charlene Billy, looking for some feedback on how many girls are interested in playing. So uh, at a Langley Event Center, just one game a week, not even a practice, more or less a little, you know, recreational fun for for the women. So I highly encourage you checking that out. Um, Speaking of checking out, check out all the new NLL. Well, they're old, but the NLL has uploaded a ton of NLL games onto their YouTube channel. So while we wait for training camp and, and the season to start, always fun to go back and check out some of the classics. You can do that on YouTube right now. We just missed this last week, Jamie. Albany, the uniforms are out. And by all accounts, people really liking the new Firewolves jerseys here. I don't... My, my boy Ty Merrow said kits the other day, and I said, please never use the word kits when referring to lacrosse uniforms ever again, and, and we got into a little thing over it. But jerseys, uh, Albany, give me, your, give me your initial thoughts. Yeah, I like them. I think uh, I, I like how they kind of regrouped on this, and I think they've come away with maybe a better uh, uh, fit here. So I like the colors. I think it's a strong jersey, and uh, – you know, I look forward to having their first loss. So don't be nice. In those nice jerseys. Did I just but get no, a little schedule good. drop there, good. Jamie? Did you just give me a little schedule drop there facing Albany on opening night? Is that what I just heard? Well, that, that was announced a long time ago. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought uh, it was good. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm on my game here. Okay. okay. Uh, but no, yeah, we do play them. Listen, they've done a great job with that. Well I'm excited to see thought. Albany roll I, I, out heard, here. I think it's going to be listen, really good. Yeah, they'll, I, I think they know what they're doing there, and they've hired a, a George Manis, I believe is his name, and yeah. he's got some experience in that in that area. He's got his fingers I, I, listen, on the pulse. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited about it. I mean, New England was starting to get a crowd I there. Know. You know, the problem with that to me wasn't that it was the location was really tough so um you know i think they're going to do well there i think they've done a great job with their jerseys i think they've got a real warm reception with that and going in uh, with a good team too right like they're going in with a solid team right out of the gate always helps. yeah i mean they they were uh i think they had the best record in the league oh yeah they'll let you know about that they'll let you know all about that oh yeah (laughs) So, I mean, hey, we're we're all going to be zero and zero, and we all are going to not play for a long time when we get back at it. So, uh, you know, but yeah, absolutely, they're not, they're not an expansion team by any means, and and uh, you know, they'll, they'll I'm sure they're ready. They'll be ready to go. 
Speaking of going, the XLL is a go, Jamie. That gets going on Wednesday with two games going from the Forum there and Coquitlam. Uh, coaches lined up as well for the XLL. So check out the games on bcsports.tv starting on Wednesday. And uh, that's going to run for the next 10 weeks or so. Lots of good talent playing in the XLL coming up. Uh, have you ever been to, to the Northman Alumni Weekend, Jamie? Well, I've played in the Northman Alumni Golf Tournament. Is that what you mean? Yeah, well, the Ryan Sanderson Memorial just took place yeah, uh, played, over the weekend. Yeah, I played in that once or twice, I believe. Uh, and you ended the you day know. there? Like, you didn't continue on with the milks and the, the all the rest of it? Like, I don't know what... Well, no, in, in a normal year, they normally, I believe, uh, you know, it's a, it's a scramble golf tournament and then a dinner and, and everything at the club and... So obviously with COVID and everything, those things aren't happening right now. And, you know, I think you have to have tea times as opposed to a scramble right. and, and you're not, you're not having dinner at the club and stuff like that. But, um, you know, they, they, you know, as we do lacrosse the nation, you know, we've talked about them and they have a great alumni yeah, association. One of the first, well, I think the best, Jamie, I think they yeah, are far they, and away they, the best. In my, my, in my opinion, from anything I'm familiar with, I would say the best and, you know they're good. They raise money, and and you know they they always recognize those guys that were important to that community that are unfortunately no longer with us, and 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 they do a great job. And you know the one or two of those tournaments I've played in, I've had a lot of fun at, and uh, always a real good time. Well, they just posted the video of of Dusty Dustin Sanderson. He he hits the the kind of the inaugural tee shot each year they weren't allowed to do that they they all kind of getting a big old horseshoe every single one of them doesn't steps up there and pipes one down the middle and um you know they got the slow clap going and all the rest of it so it's just like they have it dialed in there at the northman alumni and it's really what every other as we go across the nation here every other organization should aspire to be as far as their alumni goes so kudos Absolutely. to those guys. Uh, last quick stick I got here, Jamie, as I, I ripped through these this week. Um, NLL 35 moments. Got to get it in. Rochester with three straight championships. Yes, indeed, a pro lacrosse team has won three championships in a row. I don't know if you've heard. Not a big deal. Uh, 2014 Nighthawks defeated Calgary. Remember that in the old mini game? Man, I'm, I'm very glad that thing has, has gone away. Uh, Jameson won the MVP in 2012 and 2013. The Dangerous one got it in 2014. But holy cow, like looking back at, at some of the names on those Nighthawk teams, a lot of it like just absolute weapons, but they just always seem to get hot at playoff time and and maybe matt vince was was the biggest x factor out of it all but three in a row man like that is incredible and i rush came close i don't know if it's going to be done again it might but it that is one of the most impressive things you can do three championships in a row yeah it is impressive and you know like to be honest with you like those they kind of took over from us in the East there. We had, you know, went to the finals in 10, I believe. Five, seven, yeah. One and 11. And, and uh, you know, we kind of felt like we were the team in the East. And I think we had better records than Rochester in all those years. But you're right. They got hot at the right time. And, and you know, they did have Vino. And, you know, it wasn't about how you were playing and, and, uh, the, you know, they just got in a couple times. Yeah. Back, yeah, back. Terrible records playoffs. out of the gates and, and like had to claw just to get in the playoffs. But it's like the NFL. I mean, you know, and you've seen it more recently than, than, you know, a long time ago, but you, you just got to get in and, and be playing your best when that time rolls around. But, you know, that's a sign of a good team. And, and, uh, you know they were they were real good and and they had a ton of superstars and they were just really hope you know just just a really good team top to bottom and yeah you know will that happen again I don't know man that's pretty tough like <laughs> it's really know, tough man it I haven't really won another one since 2011 like it, it's it's just tough to win and uh, does it get tougher or easier with more teams I, I don't really know the answer to that yeah that's, um, that's a tricky question isn't it. It is. It is. So, uh, listen, man, you know, 
get me one and we'll start with that. But, you know, hats off to the, you know, I think that's something they should be real proud of and something that's going to be tough to duplicate. No doubt about it. I've uh, been loving the NOL 35 moments. Keep those coming as we work our way to face-off weekend, December 3rd and 4th. Don't forget, check out fanatics.ca for all your NOL swag leading up to, to the opening weekend. Quick sticks are done, Jamie. Final quarter, quarter number four, Stampede Stallion coming up. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Andrew Suter. You're listening to the Cross Classified. Welcome back to Lax Class, quarter number four. Jay Kelly, Jamie Dowick with you. No more breaks here on the podcast. Thanks for hanging with us. Uh, before I tell you about my friends at Associated Labels and Packaging, I want to tell you to please subscribe to the podcast, send down a review while you're doing that, wherever you may listen, Spotify, Google, Apple, you name it, we're everywhere. Just uh, fire down a review, hit that subscribe button. We appreciate it. If you want to follow the show on social media, at Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, at Lax Class on Twitter, Facebook page, and email is lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Jamie Dowick is at jdowick. And I am at PXP, the number four, sports. That's all the ways to reach us and the show. We hope you do it. And listen, uh, while I'm at it, like, let us know where you want to take lacrosse the nation in the coming weeks. I'm always open for those suggestions. Maybe you'd like to nominate a Stampede Stallion or two as well. I'm all ears when it comes to that, too. So get at us. I uh, just told you how to do all that and, and give us your submissions. Associate Levels and Packaging, uh, Jamie, I reached out to my man Tosh Nishimura today. He's actually down in Vegas at an expo. Said uh, one of his clients down there he took him to, to the Raiders and Dolphins game at the Death Star there in Vegas. He said the place is absolutely incredible. Looked like he was having a good time. I need to talk to him when he gets back. Um, my girlfriend Danny started a little side, little side hustle here, Jamie. She's gotten herself into beading and and as you might know she is indigenous so she's been beading these like indigenous earrings and her friends like saw these things they like make me a pair make me so now she's like selling these things and and there's like she's got a demand for them so she's gone out and like created like a, a label and she's gotten these boxes and and then i find out i'm like well where'd you get those she says oh i just went to staples and had and i said are you kidding me like, do you not listen to the podcast every week? We got a sponsor called Associated Labels. Like, I got a little hot under the collar here, Jamie. Associated Labels and Packaging. I, now I got to get them involved and, and get Danny hooked up with some, some new labels and packaging for a little side hustle here, beaded earring business here. How about that? Uh, you think she would be all over that? Well, yeah, I, I had to set her straight. Uh, so I'm, what I'm telling you is don't make the same mistake. Don't go to these big, like cookie cutter outfits associated labels and packaging 40 years of experience locally owned family owned and they focus on ethics quality and they're the best in the business so looking forward to to seeing how that pans out as we get into our stampede stallion of the week mount up cowboy we're heading for the stables I didn't do it last week, Jamie. I, I went a little further than I probably should have this week as we have reached <laughs> the, the Stampede Stallion Stables here. Uh, presented by Stampede Tack in Western Wear. And before I forget, just let me do it right now. Out there in Cloverdale since 1966, corner of Highway 10 and 180th, Canada's biggest Wrangler dealer. And that, I don't even know if I need to say any more than that, but jeans... They got them, plaid shirts, of course, the, the hats, the belts, 
anything Wrangler you can imagine, Stamping Tech and Western Wear is going to have it. And then they got all the other boots to go along with it. I'm going to continue to hammer away here, Jamie, until you pick yourself up a pair of Blundstones and then you can thank me. So just until you do that, I'm, I'm going to mention it every single week. And we're like getting fully into Blundstone season here. I know the wife would approve. Pull the trigger, bud. Um, Stampede Tack and Western Wear. It is your selection this week. We teased it off the top. You're going to give me a couple of clues here. I might need more, but I'm going to try and guess who this week's stallion is uh, with, with the, the hints that you're about to give me. Yeah, and let's let's go let's go with um obviously not in front of you, so I don't need to be googling these facts. But I think I got I think I got a beauty one, and I just wanted to prove to you that I did my homework here. I appreciate and, it. And uh, I tried to stay away from a rock guy, the, <laughs> okay. but this person had a short stint with the rock okay. not not during my tenure so I okay feel there's like, clue number one right there well, short that's, just, ten- that's a freebie that's oh not okay clue okay that's okay well i'm gonna use there. that i'm gonna use that okay clue. you can use that here here's here here's my first clue, clue number a little, one a little surprised by this but this person was drafted second overall behind Patrick Merrill in the 2002 NLL draft. Okay, I'm not Googling anything. I want to play this honest. Pat Merrill, 2002 draft, second overall. Where did he get drafted to? Did you tell me? He got drafted to the Columbus Landsharks. 2002. Pat Madalena. No, sir. Okay, here's your second clue. Okay. He was drafted by your Minnesota Swarm in their expansion draft. So, expand okay, this is the Columbus expansion draft or no, he was drafted by the Minnesota Oh, in their Swarm expansion. Okay. In their oh, expansion man. draft, so he was on the inaugural Minnesota Swarm. And and okay, 2000. Ryan Cousins? No, sir. Clue number 3. Okay. I think clue four gives it away okay. after yet you, you add them all together. Clue three is he won four man cups with the Brampton Excelsiors. Anthony Cosmo? No, sir. <laughs> okay. Uh, my last That was clue, just a stab. I should have thought about that more. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't a good guess. No, that wasn't. The first couple there. No. Because Cosmo was drafted by the Rock, was he not? Ah, uh, your guess is as good as mine at this point. I'm pretty so here's my, la- well, here's my last clue. Tie them all together. He is not from – he is Canadian, and he is not from Ontario or British Columbia. <laughs> okay. Blaine Manning. Oh, uh, dude. Oh, okay. no, because he's you're, been you're, – Blaine Manning's been picked before. You are so close. And you'll, you'll get why, why I'm saying that in a minute. Anyways. Give it to me. Done, I, you, I, no, don't give it okay. to me. Taylor Ray? No. I, I would say maybe Blaine Manning's best friend. Wow. And I don't know if that helps you at all. It doesn't. It doesn't. I'm drawing it. doesn't? It. No. From the same town. From Sherwood Anyways. Park. Jimmy Quinlan? No, sir. This week's Stampede Stallion oh, is Johnny Harrison. Oh, see, I never would have. He went second overall. Dude, I was shocked. But let me tell you, I was looking. And and honestly, I got to give props to that. Who's that swarm guy that does those pages? Because he's oh, got a ton of stats. Oh, the corporal is, the, is Yeah, the there you go. Like 135 regular season games, 46 goals, 95 assists. 148 points. I think he came 41 points. I think he came in as an old guy. Um, you know, took a listen when I, when I got to know Johnny, um, he was in Buffalo for for a bunch of years, and he, you know, I he's what I would consider to be a smaller defender, but he was tough. Tell I was nails, about to say he was and, like, and he was a prick to play against, and he'd fight, he'd fight anyway. He was just a great, great teammate. And a good player, and I think a totally underrated player, and I think an 
awesome stampede stallion and when i went through the list and saw he wasn't on there i was like this is this is a good one because <laughs> he just it. he was he was uh he was a very underrated player that had a long nll career and did it as an undersized defender and he had a heart you know he had a heart like a lion like he was just a tough yeah uh seven different player. teams uh during his time there and you're right man really good stats there for johnny here love the pick and uh yeah man i we we have to do that i think we're gonna make that a thing where we'll start giving clues and, and let the other guess because i found that to be pretty fun and i think the listeners can kind of play along with that as well and a bunch of them probably think I'm a complete idiot now. They probably got it after the second clue, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to pull up the Google machine and, and cheat, so I, I was going off the top. No, well, I think part of the fun of that is going along with it, and not looking and seeing how quickly you know. Yeah, no, that was good. Get that and, and listen. I mean, honestly, I, I was I was no disrespect to Johnny Harvey's my Stampede Stallion of the Week, but I was surprised that he went second overall. I I never really realized that, and that was before time, so um, in the NLL, really, but good for him, man. I mean, he was a guy I would have loved to have had play for The Rock. Um, I think when, you know, it was later in his career when I kind of met him, and I think he he hung him up at that point. But where is he? Like, loved... where is he from? From? So he's from. I think. Believe he's. It says Edmonton, but I believe it, he's from Sherwood Park, okay. like exact same town. I thought as he was Blaine. an Ontario guy for some reason. No, he's he's lived out here for for a long time. Um, in Brampton, I believe he's now up in Orangeville. Actually, probably yeah. that's uh, where. But uh, you know, he coaches for the Oakville Rock as well. But. Um, he's just, you know, I, I think he's a really smart guy. I think he really understands the game. And, you know, when you look at those, when I first came around and got involved with Brampton a bit, um, with T and, and Troy, when I bought the rock, you know, Johnny Hart was on those man cup teams. Oh, yeah, I remember. He, he was a regular piece on that back Absolutely. end. And, and, you know, he's playing with monsters like Brody and Paulie Dawson and all these, you know, like. There was Mike Kirk, and they just had a really good team. But, you know, a guy like that definitely had a role on that team. And even with all those big guys, you know, he was one of the tougher players out there. So No question about uh, it. Well, welcome to the stable, Johnny Harrison. Uh, you are this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week, courtesy of Jamie Dowick. Welcome to the stable, man. Uh, Jamie, another monster episode there. I think uh, next week will be even better. I might be able to even sit through the entire thing, which I'll look forward to. So we'll be back uh, next week, every week. Episode 152 is coming up. Uh, big thank you to our sponsor, Stampede Tech and Western Wear, Vancouver Warriors, Associate Labels and Packaging, and, of course, the National lacrosse league to brian shanahan for stopping by for a chat and to you the loyal listener for checking out wax glass each and every week for jamie dowick i've been jake elliott for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator stay safe stay healthy and stay classified